0: Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Monday. New week, new mercies, new day. That's right, life, love, and liberty right here. Still having fun on my uh, Twitter spaces. I did take a break this weekend, but thoroughly enjoyed our conversation last evening. If you're on Twitter, please feel free to follow me at Monica on Air Talk. We talk about just about everything, and we usually start out on one subject and end up about 20 subjects later. <laughs> And um, in a, I guess with the feedback I'm getting, everyone is very um, inspired, encouraged, uh, uplifted. Uh, I did have one particular run-in with someone on someone else's um, uh, space uh, regarding the GOP and whether or not the GOP is dead. Is the Republican Party dead, alive on life support, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and somehow it got heated regarding the LGBTQ's involvement with uh, Rona Romney and her initiative to prepare a seat at the GOP table um, nationally with, uh, I believe, uh, I've been told, that it is actually, uh, there's now, a person at the table who was the former or either current uh, pride, um, a senior pride official, if you will. And so this has caused an enormous amount of blowback uh, in the GOP, in the ranks of you know Christian conservatives v. Um, Rick Grinnell and others. Some of you may have seen the, the bombs that were being uh, lobbed across Twitter, Uh, it was very disconcerting because my concern was, are we, like, first of all, I didn't have all of the information initially, and it just seemed like people were attacking the log cabin Republicans. And so I want a clarification as to whether or not you're saying that uh, gays and lesbians have no place in the Republican Party, or are you saying that uh, Rona kind of overstepped her boundaries and is welcoming in every wind of doctrine to include, but not limited to the trans and the, we are attracted to kids brigade. Yes. (laughs) So that, uh, that's a distinction that needed to be made. And as I understand it, it is the latter. Uh, it really has nothing to do with, uh, welcoming homosexuals into the Republican party. It is more of, um, People saying, "Hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute," um, you know, we're we're not, and this is where this is where the spaces got kind of off the rails, and you know, I ended up getting blocked by someone I don't even know, which is fine with me, um, but this person took what I said, completely mischaracterized it, and tried to align me with something that I'm not, and I that's just not something I'm going to sit idly by. And uh, you know, meekly turn the other cheek uh, in the middle of a forum when you clearly want to mischaracterize what I'm saying and me as a person. Nope, nope, and nope. So, um, we we were talking about pandering, right? Pandering to uh, not just to the left, but to basically every group that seeks some form of accommodation. Right? Outside of people who actually need physical accommodations and otherwise uh, your uh, handicap, our our beloved handicap uh, population who legitimately needs accommodation, right? In order to get through doors, get upstairs, uh, you know, uh, uh, be able to work from home, uh, special, uh, accommodations at work in their office space, their cubicle, whatever it is, right? All of those things are absolutely necessary and they should always be protected, um, for our handicapped individuals. But what you have is, um, a whole bunch of brouhaha about who's more special right? Who's the most special class? Is it going to be the LGBTQ WXYZ? Is it going to be the black people? Is it going to be the black female? Is it going to be the trans black female who's against the patriarchy? Is it going to be the female who's against the patriarchy? Is it going to be the pink purple haired, nose ring, one eyed flying, one horn flying purple people eater? Like who gets to be the special class of today? Right. And so my uh, assertion was that we spend entirely too much time uh, on placation. And if we were serious about our nation as Americans, not just conservatives, we would see the unbelievable, unprecedented opportunity to poach from the left. But But we don't, we don't see that because we're still, we're still placating, right? And we're still creating mailers that have nothing to do with liberty, nothing. They have nothing to do with your ability to prosper, to operate in this country equally. Notice I didn't say equitably, equally, right? Which is something your government does not bestow upon you, by the way, that is an inalienable right. That's that thing you hear about in your constitution. Yeah, and so that's that, that, right? And so, but the government is acting in all kinds of ways right now as if it bestows upon you the right to exist or speak freely or to protect your property, life, limb, all of that, right? But that's not the order. That's not the proper order. So, so... My words were completely mangled. And before I knew it, this guy was like, I don't know if he had been drinking. I don't know. Sometimes late night spaces, like if I'm hosting it, that's one thing. But if I, you know, roll up into someone else's, just because I'm kind of curious as to what people are talking about. Inevitably, I get an invitation to speak. And that's, I appreciate it. I don't always want to speak. I, I really am fine just observing, you know, what's going on in the room. Um, and listening, you know, you learn way more by listening to people than you do talking. Kind of odd coming from a talker. <laughs> but it's true. And many times I know what I want to talk about and why I want to talk about it because I have spent a lot of time listening and observing. And so with those observations come my opinions. <laughs> so... um, and you can agree with it or not. It's a beautiful thing about liberty and about knowing who you are and whose you are in your identity, right? Hopefully your identity does not begin and end in a letter of the alphabet, in your melanin or lack thereof, uh, in your sexual organs or lack thereof. Hopefully you understand that you are a beautifully, unique, uniquely crafted spirit being, right? Who happens to have flesh having a very human experience and that's pretty basically how I see things and that's how I see people so when you try to come at me to flex with your phd <laughs> to um, somehow you know character assassinate me on, on in a group it just depends on when you catch me I guess but this this dude caught me at a time when I was like no, I have heard just about enough. And and really you know and this is this will pertain to you guys as well. Especially as you are if many of you probably are engaged in the political process, I am not. I'm not. I told you that. I am moving further and further into ministry. I'm going to focus on things that last. And this whole political spirit, uh, the witchcraft behind it, the divination, it it is a sick, vile labyrinth of manipulation, deceit, cunning. It's awful. I don't want any part of that. I just don't. And for years, you know, I've watched, I've observed, I've written for a few people, um, I've assisted with campaigns, I, I ran a campaign here in the state of Georgia, learned a lot, it was really, you know, baptism by fire, um, and just realized, you know, through this whole past year that it's like, and everything that you guys are going through, right, that we're all going through collectively, um, what matters is what matters. And we are in the middle of some really interesting times in this country, and I'm not so sure that we've seen the actual bottom of the pool. And so, but but I will continue to address a few things politically. Um, so, for instance, in this conversation. Um, that this man was 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 talking about uh sorry there's my pomeranian you can probably hear in the background but this man was talking about you know uh placation and and we got to get to them and and what are you saying you know that uh that you know someone like a Marjorie Taylor Greene is not going to go over uh across the you know in every district like we have to stop having people like her represent the whole party and he was again i'm not sure if he was he may have actually been drinking because he just kept repeating himself like he was belligerent. And I'm like, all right, dude, like just take another sip, put yourself on mute or something. But you're starting to sound just like ridiculous. And um, so he's trying to make the point, And I, I thought I had finally gotten his point, but his point was moot. It was unnecessary. It didn't really have a place in the conversation because he wasn't making his point. He was he was he was stating information with the intent to accuse the person who was hosting the space, right? But he wouldn't just come right out and say that. It was almost like he was defending a position that no one else had even postulated about. I mean it, it wasn't even it wasn't even part of the dialogue at that point, right? So instead of saying, hey you guys uh, fun fact, Marjorie's probably great for Georgia, but she's not going to work as it pertains to representing the entire party all over the country. Now, that would have been an entirely different conversation, and he would have actually been correct. And that is something to consider, right? Because many times we're looking for cookie-cutter candidates, um because we were talking about what does it really mean to be a Republican, right? A conservative. So I I just went, everyone's arguing about it. No one had definitive answers. Everything was very feely, esoteric, you know. So I'm like, well, what the hell? Let's just go over to the website, see what Rona has to say. So you go over to GOP.com, whatever, and there it is right there. It tells you exactly what the GOP stands for, which effectively is basically like my show, Life, Love, and Liberty, <laughs> minus the love, Right. But it very very basic basic tenets doesn't even get into any of the social issues per se, you know. Because if you're defending life, clearly you're going to to defend all life, right? And so that's kind of an obvious. So it it also kind of saves you from drowning in the weeds of the issues, right? Because right now, one way you can poach is understanding that. Everyone is feeling the effects of supply chain diminishes, uh, diminishing. Um, You've got uh, your gas tank, right? Um, Everyone feels that grocery stores are, uh, you know, missing uh, things that prices are through the roof. Uh, Everyone can relate to that, right? So, so the economically, the, the economics of the country right now are really your friend if you're wanting to grow your base, Right. And that way you stay out of skin color, sexual preferences, sexual orientation. Uh, You stay out of all CRT. You know, you say you stay out of all of that because you make it extraordinarily simple, um, conservative centric. And hey, man, how's this other way working out for you? Right. So let's look at this way. And so but a lot of people, sorry about that, Um, but a lot of people cannot do that. They get stuck in the weeds of the issues. And so everyone's kind of like floundering. So I went over to the GOP.com, read the thing out loud. And and, and so my point to this group was, hey, you can't, kind of like Christianity, right? Everyone thinks we're all supposed to be this one particular way. You know, well, Jesus said to turn the other cheek. Yes, he did. And, you know, Jesus also flipped over some tables, Right? Because of the injustices of what was going on in his father's house that was making a mockery of God's temple. It was not a house of prayer. It was a house of mammon. Right, It was not a house of submission to God and his Ten Commandments. It was a, it was a temple of mammon and oppression. Because there were over six hundred commandments, right? And so God Jesus is like, nope, 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 this is not what my father had in mind. And uh, and he was not as polite as a is a country lane after a spring shower. For those of you my age, you know exactly what I'm referring to. No, that was not what the Lord was that was not his demeanor. Sorry. <laughs> and so Jesus was a little bit of an ask. I mean, if we could just realize that, right? And granted, it, it was performed in a different way because he knew what and with whom it was he was contending. He knew he was dealing with Satan and Satan's kingdom. And he knew that people were oppressed. He knew they were blinded. He knew they were occluded. He knew all of that. And he met, and some willfully, some assigned a value of, of a demonics to him, which by the way is blasphemy that is unforgivable. Um, you know, and he knew that too. He knew what was in their hearts. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in mine, right? But he was not weak. He was not a pansy. He just wasn't, and he certainly was not about watching people being oppressed. He was not. He was there to defend the cause of the widow and the orphan and God's kingdom and to liberate the captives, and he's still here, and so is his word, for that exact reason. So if you could ever remain liberty-centric you would know that there are many personalities within God's kingdom and in who still rally around the principle of liberty, but they come in different personalities. Okay. And Marjorie Taylor Greene happens to be one personality type. She is the darling of mainstream media in terms of mocking, um, and in, in using as a banner, as some kind of an indictment across the entire GOP because she is one of the, I'll tell you one reason why I think she's uh, such an obvious, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It escapes me at the moment. My apologies. But she's such a firebrand, right? Like she's just, she draws fire constantly is because who else is stepping up to the degree that she is? <laughs> who? She's a fresh woman. She's a fresh woman. I love it. She's a freshman congresswoman, um, and so she's you know she's got the mic. She's got the cojones. She's got she's got the heart. She's got the mind to do it, and she does it. And where's everyone else? No one else is precluded from doing exactly what she's doing, but she's doing it. And so what they try to make her appear to be is some kind of a you know just maniac. Um, this some kind of an extremist, right? And it doesn't really take much because the left is so extreme right now. It, it doesn't take much to for them to make you appear to be extreme because this is the this is the di- this is the dichotomy in which we live. This is the arrow is totally upside down on the milk carton. So this is just where we are as a nation. So this dude saying he was really, I think, embarrassed by. Marjorie Taylor Greene and saying that she would never fly in a place like, you know, Illinois, right? I don't know. Maybe not, but she's certainly not going to fly in other GOP uh, strongholds around the country because her matter of fact, she doesn't fly for most of the GOP establishment. If if not all here in the state of Georgia, don't be fooled. If for anyone who would ever accuse Marjorie of being establishment, you are foolish. Stop listening to those people. That is impossible for her to be an establishment candidate because that is not how she ran, and that's not what she's been up against. She is not only, and I'm not here to like, you know, pom, raise pom poms for Mar. This is not the Marjorie Taylor Green hour, but she was the reason for our complete meltdown in that sh- <laughs> in that space the other night, and the dude just could not make his point without railing accusations against everyone else in the group when no one was even talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. So for someone with a Ph.D., if you're listening, you should probably develop a better skill set around the art of debate and actually stating your case without having to clobber everyone else over the head with innuendo. That would be amazing. So anyway, Marjorie, yes, some of you are like, oh, my gosh, we got to get away from that. We, we, I'm like, well, just focus on your own district, focus on your own district and your own district's needs, right? What are they? What, what are you, what is your district? What is your state contending with? Right? Probably the same thing the rest of us are. And so are they an America first candidate? Maybe. And maybe they don't uh, present as boisterous as Marjorie. Okay. That's fine. Right? You don't have to draw a hard line against Marjorie to run in the same party. I mean, that's just silly. That is a, that is a, very playground way of, of manipulating you, the voter into thinking that you have to swing all the way over the other side, which is how this whole conversation began. The placation techniques have got to stop because while we accuse as conservatives, people on the left of always championing, uh, identity politics, no one is doing a better job of that right now than your GOP. And so if you are going to engage in politics in your respective county or state, I'm going to encourage you to stay away from identity politics. Quit trying to attract people because of their skin color, their ethnicity, you know, their toenail polish, their sexual persuasion or affinities. Stop it. Your rudimentary. I mean, your absolute baseline of whether or not a candidate is going to do well by your district or your, your state, right. Is aligning with America first principles. (laughs) And that includes most certainly, um, And identifiably, your U.S. Constitution. That is not a Trump centric, necessarily a Trump centric candidate. It could be something they hold in likeness with President Trump. But, um, you know, I I know many people are making your primaries about President Trump and his endorsement. I live in the state of Georgia. Uh, David Perdue has just announced that he is going to primary. Uh, He will run in the primary against Brian Kemp along with Vernon Jones and Candace Taylor. And I believe there are two other candidates who have not quite qualified or announced yet. I'm not sure. Um, And president Trump, you know, put out uh, on his letterhead a statement regarding Senator Perdue's um, desire to run, Uh, you know, and he did not technically or officially endorse Senator Perdue. Uh, But what he really did was kind of backhanded uh, Brian Kemp into saying, hey, you know, it's time to uh, take Georgia back from Kemp. Now, what most people speculate is that um, uh, David Perdue will really cut that vote between, uh, you know, for the establishment. And that's a lot of people. I see people just writhing online, which I love it. Uh, Because anyone who would still vote for Brian Kemp is, you know, they deserve Brian Kemp. (laughs) So Brian Kemp will never beat Stacey Abrams unless, uh, there are, you know, some form of shenanigans that occur in the state of Georgia and I'll just leave that right there. But, um, yeah, so you guys know I've been supporting, uh, Candace Taylor, but I I have to tell you, I am, I am about an eighth of an inch away from pulling out of all political conversations altogether, particularly in the state of Georgia. Because no matter no matter what you consult with people um, about, you know, I it it's like people call me pretty regularly to ask you know my opinion about something. What do I think about it? for advice? Right, just advice about about things, whether it's relationships or you know diet or politics or eyebrows or tone up, whatever parenting, right? I mean, it's everything It's part of my brand It's life, love and liberty. So we talk about literally everything, as you will see in my Twitter space. But when it comes to politics, you know, what I've learned the hard way is that ultimately people are going to get swept up into the monetary vacuum of politics. And what do I mean by that? Um, they're going to get swept up by general consults, uh, general consultants who are primarily out to make their money because this is their bread maker, right? This is their money maker. This is how they pay their bills and raise their kids, and send people to college and make an exorbitant amount of money. Um, really playing, yeah, kind of in a half-ass game of chess, right? And so I have no respect. For a lot of people in that field, there are only a few. Probably, I can count on one hand, if that, <laughs> um, who I trust in that industry of general consulting, which is very different from your campaign manager, right? They're very different roles, and so, um, and so inevitably, the candidate. It's almost like, okay, how can I, here's a good analogy. It's almost like a recording artist because this is the industry I came out of. So the music industry, right? You spend your whole life as a young person, teenager, just wishing that somebody would give you a record deal. Right. And then as soon as you find someone who will shop you, it could be an attorney who has um, solicitation privileges, who can solicit your material to record labels because most record labels will not take unsolicited material. Um, So you've got attorneys who do that. You could consider that attorney your general consult. Right. And so that attorney, uh, basically, you're putting together a campaign as an artist. Right. What do you look like? What kind of clothes do you wear? What kind of music do you sing? What's your genre, right? Uh, What now in this day and age, it's what are your political stances, right? Where where do you stand socially on things? Now it's how many followers do you have? Uh, How much influence do you have already? So there are all of these uh, components, which is the same thing that people look at whenever they're dealing with a candidate. How much money have you raised on your own? How many donors do you have currently? Um, How much do you think you can raise? Are you likable? Are you cute? Do you have a cute figure? Do you know how to dress? Do you know how to speak well? Um, there are many, many, many factors that go into, but primarily, primarily the main factor is not, for every GC, it's not necessarily a win because it's kind of like, again, the record labels. Many times they will sign an artist because They have another candidate, I'm sorry, another artist that they want. They've already poured an enormous amount of time and years and effort, and money, resources into marketing, lots of butt-patting and back-scratching at parties that you really don't want to be at, right, and uh, all over L.A. and in New York, everywhere, and so you've already put a ton of money into this other artist who is kind of similar to the artist that you are pretending to shop and maybe you do shop them and get them some lowbrow deal that's really crappy, and you know why you do that to get them off the market. So you get them off the market because that person could take away your market share with the other the other uh, singer or the other candidate in this case with GC. So it's pretty much samey samey. It's the same kind of crappy business, right? And some and for not, for every GC a, a loss you know, is not the end of the world because it depends on your candidate and it depends on your roster, kind of like your record labels. So all that to say, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the state of Georgia, along with other states, you know, I've had people ask for advice on messaging, uh, comms, you know, things of that nature. And, and really messaging for me is, is everything is imaging. It's everything you say you wear, it's how you carry yourself. It's your, uh, it's, it's literature. It's what you're putting out on social media, you know, everything about you messages something to people. Right. And whenever you see someone go in the exact opposite direction or not consistently not take your advice, there comes a point when you just go, "Okay, You have to. Because. There are some things that signal that some candidates are more serious about being a candidate than others. And being a candidate and being an activist are two completely different things. Although this current political environment does lend itself to a little bit more friendliness where you, uh, candidates, because I, I know there are many of you who are candidates who listen to my show, um, where you're getting a ton of free advice, by the way. But many of you um, are activists and you know that in this climate, Some people want you and need you to be an activist, so it may actually pay off for you right now, whereas, mm, I don't know, maybe six to eight years from now, that won't fly because it depends on where the culture is and whether or not people have gone full-fledged back into this fake, phony-rony statesmanship-like, well, as long as he smells good and he speaks well and he doesn't tweet mean stuff, then he's our guy, (laughs) And if you can't look at your United States Congress and your Senate right now and tell that that has completely screwed you for the past umpteen years and you need to change your method of operation, then I don't know what will. I mean, it is a complete circus. So, yes, I was slightly disappointed that President Trump did not get out ahead of the primary and endorse um, to me, the person who has worked the hardest to even maintain David's seat, for God's sakes, and that was Candace Taylor. And she still is um, working diligently and faithfully, I might add. There are two very important um, components to a candidate. Are they a faithful person? Not only in the true sense of faith, right? Are they faith centric, right? Um, who do they worship other than themselves and their donors? That's that's a very important question to ask, right? But are they faithful? Are they faithful over the little things, right? Um, because if if someone's faithful over the little things, then they can usually be trusted with the bigger things. And so you should take the time. Many of you are like, I've never heard of Candace Taylor. I'm like, well, do your research. Do your research about Candace and volunteer for her campaign, right? Donate to her campaign. Um, as I understand it, I don't think she even has a GC at the moment. I think she has a campaign manager, and you know she's rolling along quite quite nicely with grassroots, uh, which is a big deal, a big deal. So maybe President Trump has his own reason, obviously, that he is not uh, formally. Endorsed anyone, uh, as I understand it, Senator Perdue was not super pumped about running to begin with, uh, and and did so, you know, for who knows what reason. I don't know, I'm not in that camp, I have no idea, and I it would be pure speculation on my part, other than what I've heard. So, um, there we are. And yes, last evening we talked about the holidays, right, coming up, and whether or not you guys are feeling like Christmas is just totally off this year. And most of you do. So, you know, just shopping, right? Just going to Lowe's and putting up my Christmas stuff. And, and and just, it, it feels like, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the Eastern block, right? Where my grocery stores are feeling a little weird too. Shelves are empty. Lowe's is not Christmassy. People are still looking at you like you're on crack. if you're not wearing a mask, because they're so deathly afraid in your urban areas, they're still driving around in their cars without a mask, I mean with a mask it's nuts. And so it just it just feels off. It just feels off. And so I was like, you know what? I wonder if anyone else feels this way. And just posed the question, and we ended up having a miraculous three hour conversation, like we normally do in my spaces and you know just hear from gosh black, white, purple, green, young, old politicians, you know, current congress member, I mean you name it, they roll through my spaces, and I love it, Christian Muslim, you know they're from all over the world it's It's a really cool thing. I hope that president Trump's platform will offer something of this nature. Um, I just think it's very good for people to hear each other's voices. Um, You can hear inflection. That dude could hear me tell him to kiss my right before I told him to get off that space, even though it wasn't mine. (laughs) So I wasn't tweeting it. It wasn't 120 letters of exclamation points and ambiguity. No, he got to hear my voice and exactly how I felt about being blatantly mischaracterized. So there's a lot of value to hearing people. We had a sweet father on last night who wanted some advice from other men or from Christians in general about how to create traditions for uh, for him and his son, for he and his son that he was trying to uh, uh, create, you know, are we going fishing? Are we, what can we do that, you know, how do I start traditions? Apparently it was something that he was not raised with and it was awesome. It was great to hear from men and funny stories about, you know, people are so broke for Christmas. (laughs) This is the greatest story ever. This one man says, uh, we were so broke one year, Monica, and he's one of my favorite people. that ends up in my spaces and um, he's out of Texas, of course. And um, he says, we were so broke that my wife and I went to like, uh, where would they go? Oh, like Salvation Army or something. And, um, and, and they went to uh, pick out like the worst possible gift, right? So instantly, I'm like, Oh, awesome. It's like a legitimate white elephant, but it's your actual Christmas gift. <laughs> and so they were so poor that they were like, well, you know, we're not going to not give something. But instead of feeling bad about not being able to get someone something nice or something that they may have actually wanted, we're just going to make a joke out of it and give them something that they're like, oh, wow, thanks for the, uh, you know, pair of, you know, I don't know, Joe Biden underoos for adults, you know, uh, that unzip in the back or whatever. Yeah, thanks for that, Uncle Tom, Uh, Uncle Bob, appreciate you. And so, Yeah you know good stuff. Well I'm rolling laughing last night just thinking about some of my family members if I would actually white elephant them as a Christmas gift. And so it was just it was good, clean, honest fun. You know, where people are encouraging each other um to just be joyful in spite of everything going on around us. Because it is possible. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. I do hope that you will join us uh, at some point in one of my spaces. I would love to have you, um, and I, you know, I love meeting people there. It's just a good way to say hello and kind of shake hands and give hugs and kisses and all that stuff. And uh, you know, if you're crazy, you'll go bye bye. That's fine, no hard feelings at all. Um, but I like to know how you guys are doing. So I'm going to leave you on that note. Rainy night in Georgia. Time for some chili. A little cold here, but um, that's all I had to give you tonight. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.